Hey there, friend. I'm Susan, and this is the Spark Chasers podcast, a series dedicated to the educational changemakers who embrace creativity, seek out challenges, and collaborate on solutions. This is a show for any educator looking to explore the creative side in the classroom, business, and life. So grab a cup of caffeine, your favorite flare pen, and let's chat about what's now and what could be next. All right. Hello, everyone. It is Susan Riley. It's so good to be back here with you today. And, you know, I'm always excited to be with all of you. Uh, But today is special for me because today I have my daughter, Emma, on the show with me. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Uh, Emma is 11. She's a seventh grader uh, at McDonough and uh, McDonough School here in Maryland. And um, I thought about bringing her on today specifically to talk about what it's like to be in this unique learning environment of virtual, hybrid, in-person from a student's point of view. And, you know, like any good parent, uh, if you have access to your child and you can use that for work, you, you use them every once in a while. I think I'm just okay with that, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I've been listening to a lot of shows lately where people, specifically educators, are talking about what this past year has looked like, what next year may look like, and the lessons that we've learned and how to, to get better um, and how to leverage what we've learned about virtual learning and hybrid and all of this. But what I've not heard is a lot of folks who are asking students to actually tell them what it's like. And so I thought that would be a great way for all of us to learn today uh, what what it's like to be actually in it from a student's point of view. Now, keep in mind, Emma is in middle school, so there are different challenges in elementary and in high school than there are in middle. We, of course, know all of that. And I think Emma and I, during our conversation today, can chat a little bit about other children that we know that fall into those age ranges. Uh, Because in my office, I have people who have high school children. I have, you know, nieces and nephews who are in elementary. I know many, many of our colleagues who have elementary and high school and middle school children. So I think between Emma and I, we have um, a lot of anecdotal evidence from those children as well. But today, I really want to focus on the student perspective. And so welcome, Emma, to the Spark Chasers podcast. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, thank you. Um, Okay, so the first question I have for you is, can you explain to everybody how school looks for you this year? Like, what what has it been like? So at McDonough, we have a hybrid schedule where on Mondays and Tuesdays, we're virtual. And we're on Zoom from 9 to 11 and then from 12 to 2. And when we're on campus, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we wear masks all the time and they do COVID tests once a month. So they're testing 25% of the middle school population every week. Okay. So that's not normal for most <laughs> most schools, I don't think, um, from based on everybody that I know. Uh, I know that McDonough spent part of their CARES fund, and as many of you know, the uh, and you don't know this because you're a student, but the government, when we had the first round of um, stimulus, there was a CARES fund that was set up that gave 
states and schools and districts a certain amount of funding to help support their reopening efforts as well as is essentially making it possible for us to even have school. And so a lot of schools spent that on sanitation equipment. They sent it. They spent it on actual devices for students. Uh, McDonough chose to spend it on the actual COVID testing, um, and so that they could do that in house for students. Um, it it is it is a part of an agreement of being at the school that if if you're going to go to school, you got to be able to submit to the rapid testing. And so um, that's something that parents get to choose. And from a parent's point of view, if we did not agree to that, they had a virtual option so that you could stay virtual all the time. But knowing you, that was not an option you really wanted, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. So you have kind of this mix of virtual, hybrid, in-person. When you go to school, um, are there people who are watching your class live from home? Yes, it is fewer than when we first started to go on campus that I expected but there are people who um we hook up the projectors or the bluetooth um projection equipment and they sit on the front board and watch our class from home and they're doing the stuff from home and occasionally teachers will send home packages mm -hmm. of things that they would normally give us on campus, but the virtual students don't have access to. So you can interact with them in yes. that way? Yes. Oh, well, that's good. So it's kind of this hybrid environment as well. Yeah. They kind of have a, all three going on at the same time. Yes. Okay. Um, this is not a question that we have on our list, so I'm going to surprise you. Woo. Ooh. Okay. Um, is this setup different than what it was like last spring? at this time because we are we are recording this literally one year after the world shut down for a while in the United States. Uh, so when after March 13th of 2020, you went full virtual, right? Yes, because I don't think anybody knew how to have everybody on campus with masks and social distancing. It was just we stayed completely virtual. And that and was when did that change? That um, I don't remember when that changed. I think that it was changed the like end of September end of, yeah. this year. Yeah, so from was, March to the end of the year last year, yeah. you were fully vir virtual. Yes. And then you started fully virtual at the beginning of the year and went back on campus maybe at the end of September? Yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. Okay. Um, but last year they had us on Zoom I think from 8:30 to 3:30 maybe. And it was all synchronous. Yes, and we were always on Zoom. The first day that we ever went virtual, I actually came in with <laughs> you to the office, and I was sitting here, and I got off, and I had this massive headache just from staring at a screen all day because I was not used to doing it. Because mm -hmm. I was so used to just being in person and using our computers when we needed to do it, but I wasn't on the screens all the time. And that first day, I was just like, this has got to change. They sent out a first day of school survey. I was like, I typed in there. I was like, this is, my, I have a massive headache. I can't look at screens anymore. Right. I remember that, how exhausted yeah. you were from being on online all the time synchronously. Uh, I think you got an hour for lunch and to go outside and play. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Every day. But And to, to your school's credit, 
when they started this year, they they did come up with a very different schedule, yes. the one that you described earlier, so that there is never more than what an hour and a half of synchronous learning at a given time before you have a break. Yes. Right. Yes, because we also have ten minute breaks between each class. Right. Where we can get up, move around, close our computers. And they leverage asynchronous days too, right? Yes. Right, and they didn't do that, I don't think, no. um, last spring. Mm-hmm. So to to your school's credit, what I have really liked about what your school has done and that some schools have also, I've seen, have also done this, but some schools have been slower to adapt based on the needs of students, right? That yeah. your school kind of heard you and said, yeah, this what we did in the spring did not work. Let's come up with something better. And I think they did a nice job of, of coming up with an alternative. Yeah, and McDonough is always sending, sending out, like, surveys. What can we do better? What do you like? What do you not like? What needs to change? They're always asking for student feedback so they can listen and adapt. That's really great because we don't get those surveys as parents. I'm just <laughs> saying. Like, every once in a while we get them. I think maybe twice a year. But the fact that they send them to you as a student yeah. and you can have that ability, that's great. Um, so what has been most challenging for you as a student this year? So the one really big thing that's been challenging for me as a student is to stay engaged virtually because I am very much a visual learner and I learn best when I am in person and I can have that face-to-face contact with my teachers and my other classmates. Mm-hmm. So staying virtually engaged has been really hard for me this year. But I always try and put my best effort forward, raise my hand, stay engaged in classroom activities. Mm-hmm. But it it has been a challenge for me to do that. Tell me about some of the, the feedback from your teachers on that uh, concept that you've had to work on this year. Um, well, from my <sighs> teachers, I my teachers are always on my report cards and reports that we send home. They're always like, she's so engaged. She's very much active in our classroom um but i don't think a lot of my teachers know unless i share with them (coughs) how challenging it is um one of my teachers um did give me the feedback that sometimes i take jokes too far i joke around in the classroom but then sometimes i take it too far and uh my teacher did say that i had gotten better at that and worked on that a lot and when you say in class do you mean in the chat yes yeah (laughs) yes I'm like typing in the chat most times right and so that chat component can get a little out of control yes (laughs) well so some things that you have to learn right yeah um what have you learned about yourself this year um I'm more persistent than I thought I could be hmm what do you mean by that Because, like, after that first day and even after, like, the first few weeks of this year, Mm -hmm. uh, the school year, I didn't give up trying to stay engaged Mm -hmm. and trying to put my best foot forward in virtual learning. I did keep at it and keep trying to stay engaged and not just be like, it's not working for me, so I'm just going to give up. Mm-hmm. So I'm more persistent than I thought I could be, and I've found ways to make – I've problem-solved a bit. Mm-hmm. I've been able to find ways to make things work for me that might not work for other students, but that work for me. Like sometimes um, you came home the other day, and I was like in a different space, and mm-hmm. I had all my stuff with me, like moving my space, like – 
doing different things that can help me um, stay more engaged and and focused. And focused. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also learned that I can be resilient. Hmm. I can when something happens, like after I got that first comment that I took jokes too far, <laughs> I was kind of sad and I was like, "But I just want to make it fun, and I don't think I do it." Right. But I bounced back from that, and I've tried working at it, and it seems to have paid off. So yeah, taking criticism can sometimes be challenging, yeah. and especially when it's already a challenging environment. Right. Yeah. Um, I've been proud to watch you do that as a mom, to watch you do that. I've also watched how hard that has been for you. Um, the When you talk about persistence and resilience, watching you from outside of your office space, and to give you all a, a visual representation, her office space has some glass French doors that close so that she can have privacy and quiet, um, So I, but I can still see her. And sometimes I've seen you with like your head in your hand and you're just so tired. I can tell you're tired and you're spent and you're still um, trying, which is phenomenal. Have you seen students um, online in your online classes when you're virtual? Have you seen students who have struggled more with that? Um, yes. And like there, um, and I've always found this to be true in all of my classes, there are always students who are more engaged, depending on what class it is, whether, like, which class they like. There are students who are just kind of sitting there, like, I don't really want to be here. Right. But they're just sitting there. And then there are students who are, like, always engaged, and that's kind of me in every class. And I'm, like, raising my hand, like, please call on me. (laughs) Um, But I can tell there are students who struggle, especially students who are always virtual, Mm. because you can see it when they're on the screen in front of you that – it looks really hard to be virtual for like when they when they're not going to come back it's it, you can tell in their eyes it looks so hard to be virtual when all of your friends are sitting there in the classroom and you don't feel safe going to school but it's still really sad not to be able to connect with your friends yeah um do you know anybody who has been now either is fully virtual now and wasn't last year before covid um, or who are in your virtual classes and then they come to campus. Do you know anybody who is, it feels like they're different when they're online versus when they're in person? Um, I don't, like one of my friends um, last year, um, we like really connected over the summer for the most part. And she's really like fun and happy. And But sometimes in class, you get this feeling that she's had a really stressful day, and she she looks. You mean virtual class, or I've got to I gotta be clear, virtual or in person class. So like she's virtual all the time. Okay. She's coming back after spring break, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. But she's been virtual since the start of this year, and like, it's just you can tell that she, it's been really stressful for her, mm-hmm. and that that hurts as a friend because I want to help but I don't know how right well in the learning environment yeah is, is a challenge um so flip question what has been most exciting for you as a student this year so I really enjoy when they give us asynchronous days where we don't have to be on zoom all of the time mm-hmm. when we can they just give us our work we can do it at our own pace because 
I can knock it out in two to three hours, and then I have the rest of my day to myself. It's kind of like college. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But last year in the spring when we went virtual, I had a social studies teacher, Mr. Good, who... Shout out! (laughs) He, like, he seemed to know what was... Like, he seemed to be ahead of the curve a little bit because he would a lot of times give us podcasts to listen to, work to do offline Mm -hmm. where we don't have to be on Zoom. And that always seemed to be like a breath of fresh air for me Mm -hmm. because I didn't have to sit there and listen to a teacher talk at us and I could just go off, do my own thing. And he would always encourage us to go outside and take a walk, just be outside Mm -hmm. um, while doing that, which I really loved. Yeah, and I think that's a nice little nugget there that you slipped in that you didn't even realize when teachers are are in synchronous learning and it feels like they're talking at you instead of facilitating a more collaborative environment which is honestly much more challenging on a zoom room yes than it is you know um in person and teachers have to adapt as well so everybody giving each other grace um so you liked the asynchronous learning days would you like them all the time or do you think that that would be that would swing too far the other way I think that would swing to a little too far the other way because mm-hmm. I, I sometimes need that guidance. Yeah. Like, I just, I need um, days where I can go to my teacher with all of my questions. And, like, I, an asynchronous day is nice mm-hmm. every once in a while, but I, I wouldn't want them all the time because that would just be, like, overwhelming. Like, I'd feel like I was on my own, stranded on my own island. Gotcha. Okay. Um, have you been able to be creative in a virtual learning environment? And this is almost an unfair question because in our family, we are (laughs) constantly creating. Um, so, but have you been able to do that in your virtual learning environment in school? Like put it in that constraint. Yes. (laughs) Um, I have actually, because, um, I'm in a lot of extracurriculars Mm -hmm. right now. Um, cause we have a middle school play that I'm in and then I have my, our singing group called McDonough Singers. Um, and then one of my classes is on stage and all of those, we've been able to create an environment virtually where we can do our performances, our singing, our rehearsals mm-hmm. virtually. Um, now our McDonough Singers are doing in-person rehearsals next week, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, but we have been able to figure out um, together how to be creative and do all of our performing virtually. Um, so how do you do that? Give, give us an example. Like, talk to me about the play. How do you get so the play, in the play just started, but we have rehearsals where we're all on Zoom and she breaks, Miss Eldridge, our uh, instructor, breaks it up into scenes. So there's act one, scene ones and two, and they go on Zoom and they do their lines. And Miss Eldridge in our onstage class, because she's also my onstage teacher, teaches us about using our space and mm-hmm. using what's around us mm-hmm. in our acting performances in order to like create this environment like you'd be on a stage, but you're virtually. Mm-hmm. And in McDonough Singer's, we actually create individual videos of ourselves with our earbuds in listening to our parts as we sing along. Mm-hmm. 
And then Miss Eldridge sends it to a previous student of hers to do all of the editing, and he puts us into this video mm-hmm. um, with all of us and sometimes shots of the school and all of that. So Yeah. And so it's nice if you have a, a previous student who can do that for you. But I honestly think – and she did at one point – have you guys try to do that for yourselves, right? And yes. you got a taste of video editing. Because <laughs> I volunteered because I'm used to video editing being slapping some stuff in iMovie and be like, hooray, it looks pretty now. <laughs> that is not what happened. So you learned, you had to learn yourselves, right, how to yes. do that. And so, again, caveat, this is middle school. Middle school and high school, I think you can do that. Elementary school, not so much. So it it is a little bit like finding an additional resource. But honestly, I was, as a music teacher, I had to find a, a pianist who would play for our students' concerts, right? So it's it's no different than finding um, a person like that if you are working um, kind of as, a, as an arts educator in that way. Um, okay, so what are you hoping school looks like next year and beyond? So I'm hoping that they keep asynchronous days next year when teachers have PD days or days where like that are set aside for planning. Oh, so you don't want to have off on those days? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of kids would disagree with you. I know. I'm, I, I'm different. I'm the kid who's like sitting in the front row. Yeah, who wants to go to school. Um, but also snow days. One of um, the things that I was sad about this year is because of the technology that we have that enables us to do virtual learning, mm-hmm. they canceled our snow days at McDonough. Mm. So that, like, if you got a snow day, it was, like, the first, like, you only got one. Right. If you got, like, a big snow, which we didn't have many of this year. Right. But otherwise, you had to be virtual, which I was really sad about when we got that email. Yeah. I was like, but, but snow days. Snow days are, like, traditional. Yeah. Um, also, I like that we have rehearsals on Zoom after school um, because then I don't have to stay late mm-hmm. and worry about people picking me up and um, people picking me up and trying to figure out how we're going to get the schedule to work. Mm-hmm. So it's helpful when a teacher has rehearsals, says rehearsals start at 4.15 on Zoom, and we can I can get on the bus, get ready, and get set up for my rehearsal on Zoom without having to worry about how we're going to make a schedule work, who can pick me up when. Yeah, and I think that is an equity piece for a lot of kids who their parents are working you know, until 5 and can't get to you till 5.30 and if rehearsal ends at 4.30, how are they going to get there? That's that's tough for a lot of parents. I think there's some advantages maybe that we can learn from being online. Um, and let me go back to that snow day thing for just a minute. So are you advocating for, that people keep snow days? Yes. Yes. <laughs> 100%. But, but go to do asynchronous work for PD days for teachers. Yes. Okay. So that's your compromise, right? Yes. I just wanted to be clear <laughs> on your suggested compromise. Yes. I get it. Because then we can do, we don't have to pile up work. 
I understand and I agree to an extent, but I will say when I was a teenager, we had, I know I'm a fossil, but when we had, um, we had a blizzard that kept us out of school for 10 days because it just, they were back to back blizzards. So there was 24 inches that fell. And then right after that, another 12 inches fell. And then after that, another 12. And so we were out of school for 10 days, but it took us, um, it, it would have taken us way beyond the calendar year to make those days up at the end. Yeah. So our school ended up having to do extended days yeah. for a month. And so I would I would say as a caveat to your compromise that maybe if you have a large amount of snow days, you start to consider when to cap so that you could shift over to online learning. Do you have, yes. Does that sound like a fair Yeah, because I, I had the same thing in public school when – we didn't have a big blizzard, but when we had snow days and we went over our limit of, like, five, we'd have to add extra days to the end of the school year. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a cap. If you go, like, we have five set snow days that we're allowed to have, and then the rest we can be virtual and do all of our work. But yeah. Keep snow days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, and lastly, I want to talk a little bit about what you've seen from other children of different ages and different schools. So we're blessed to be in close to our family, uh, our extended family. And so, um, and many of your cousins go to different schools and different scenarios. Yeah. And you're also friends with lots of my coworkers' kids. Um, and so, and they all go to different districts, sometimes in different states. So um, some of the things that they've experienced, I think, that are different than you is that they, many of them do just asynchronous work and don't have a whole lot of, of synchronous time. And then there's a, a lot of question about turning on cameras, not turning on cameras. Um, there's There's been a lot of those details that have been frustrating, I know, yeah. for lots of different kids. One thing I think that is in common with almost everybody that we talk to is that when a school district uh, gives the option for students to come back, whether it's, you know, three days a week or full time, all five days, like this, the kids can't wait. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yes. But I also think depending on what kind of student and learner you are, yeah, you may prefer virtual school mm. more. Like I know some of my cousins actually like being virtual or being asynchronous because they don't have to have that face-to-face -face connection. Hmm. What do you think that does long-term, though? Like, for for those of us, because you are you have opinions on this, I'm sure, <laughs> just knowing who you are. Um, what do you think that does for, for all of us long-term without the in-person, face-to-face interaction with people? Um, I think that could, again, depending on what kind of learner you are, that could be detrimental. Uh -huh. I don't know if that's too strong of a word or not. But it could harm students in that they're t if it's virtual or asynchronous all the time, the teacher can't get a feel of mm -hmm. where you are at if you need help. Because there are students that don't ask for help, are scared to ask for help. Right or just feel uncomfortable doing so. Mm -hmm. So I think it could harm students if they need help but are scared to ask for it and the teacher can't tell 
if they need it or not. But if you learn best when you're on your own, you can get everything done. That's great. Yeah. So being flexible and maybe rethinking, reimagining what education looks like now that we have been through this. I don't think anybody would want to go back to full-time virtual 100% for your entire school career, right? Yeah. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Yeah, but I think um, the idea of the things that we've learned in virtual learning and hybrid has been – there are some really positive aspects that we can incorporate as we move, hopefully, back to having some more – face-to-face time. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Emma, for taking time out of your spring break to to talk with me today and to share some of your ideas and your thinking. Um, It's always... I talk to you a lot, you know, at home, but in this atmosphere, you just impress me every time. You're so well-spoken, and I'm just having a proud mama moment at this point. So, but thank you so much for taking your time. And for all of you out there, I hope that this student perspective um, gives you a little something to think about, too. And maybe ask your students how they felt and what options they might want to do. Or some of these questions, um, they might be something you want to ask your own students or your own children. So definitely head over to artsintegration.com forward slash spark chasers to find all of the show notes, including a list of these questions that you can ask your own students, take a survey and find out where, if any, place there is that we can take what we've learned from virtual learning and embed those lessons as we move forward and hopefully out of full virtual and back to some face-to-face. That's it for me today. Thank you so much. And I'll talk with you soon. Well, check that off your list, my friends. You just finished another episode of the Spark Chasers podcast. If you want more, head over to artsintegration.com forward slash Spark Chasers for show notes, a space to tell me what you thought of today's show and links to what we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This helps others find the show so we can all grow and learn together. Can't wait to get together again soon.